Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live 10-week program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique. And I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up, you're going to get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program. If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me. And you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. Put your foot out where it could get hit or run over. Whether or not you succeed or not, you're already more confident. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Today's episode is supported by Literati. Literati is the subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use promo code DREAMJOB for $20 off your first book. Plus, kids three and up get a special blacklight pen. Also, thanks to Cabbage. Get the money you need to run your small business at cabbage.com and use the code DREAMJOB to get $100 credit on your first loan statement. Offer ends November 30th. Must take a $5,000 loan to qualify. Terms and conditions apply. We're also supported by Bombas. Bombas make socks that are comfortable and look great whenever you need with a wide variety of options. To get 20% off purchase during their big holiday sale from November 18th through December 5th, go to bombas.com slash dreamjob. And thanks to HoneyBook. If you run your own business, you're used to doing it all. But if you're struggling to get through your to-do list, HoneyBook can help. Go to honeybook.com slash dreamjob for 50% off your first year. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you had a great weekend. We took a little staycation, my family and I, to celebrate the book, to celebrate everything that's happened in the last week. Gosh, what a whirlwind. Thank you for all the reviews on Amazon. Thank you for all your emails. You have no idea. You have no idea what it means to me to to see that this book is making an impact. People are saying, this book is changing my life. 
thank God. Good. That's what I wanted to happen. And you know, when you, when you do something, it's hard to know, like, is it good? Are people going to like it? And you just put it out there. And I can't tell you what it feels like to, to hear that this book is making people feel seen. So if you haven't reviewed it yet, please do. And if you haven't bought it yet, maybe get yourself a copy. Maybe it'll be the thing that reminds you of all the things that you really need to hear. So I cannot be more excited about today's episode. Barbara Corcoran is here and she's so amazing. I loved interviewing her. She's such a spitfire. And what's also awesome is that last night, my best friend in the world, who I've known since high school, who was in my wedding, my best friend, my go-to pal, my ride or die, Jenny Goldfarb, she was actually on Shark Tank last night. And would you believe she made a deal with Mark Cuban and her business is incredible. Not only is it smart, not only is she making something amazing, but it's good for the world. About five years ago, Jenny became vegan and she wanted to know what her purpose was in life and what, what was her thing. And she tried a few different things and she wound up making her own vegan corned beef. It's called Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli. You guys can go check it out, but what I think would be awesome is to have Jenny come on and tell you the whole story of how she grew this business, of how she even came up with the idea, of how she validated the concept, and how she ultimately made a deal with Mark Cuban. And you guys, what is happening now with this business is just out of this world. The whole thing is unreal. So I'm so proud of her. So huge congrats, Mazel Tov. We love you, Jenny. You guys may remember her. She's been on the show a couple times. In any case, one announcement before we get started. Next Monday, if you live in the Los Angeles area, I'm going to be doing a proper book signing at Romans in Pasadena at seven o'clock, November 25th. So if you are in the area and want to come and join me, I will sign your book give you a hug. We can take a selfie. This is the first official book signing that I am doing. So if you're anywhere near here, come on down to Romans in Pasadena. It's beautiful. It's on Colorado Avenue, great bookstore. And I will be there at seven o'clock, November 25th, next Monday. All right, let's dive in. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. So I did get to sit down with the one and only Barbara Corcoran. She is the founder of the Corcoran Group, the queen of New York real estate. You probably recognize her from Shark Tank on ABC. She's also an author and podcast host. She has an incredible story from being a waitress in New Jersey to building a multi-billion dollar business. She is so fearless, such a doer, which has really been key to all of her unbelievable success. She's going to share awesome advice in this conversation, but you can get even more words of wisdom from her by listening to her podcast, Business Unusual with Barbara Corcoran. And last week, she released another podcast, 888 Barbara, where she gives her input on what callers need to live a better life, not just in business, but also in their relationships and all the other aspects of their life. Barbara was super gracious and she actually let us record this on Zoom video. So if you want to check out the full interview, you can go to the link in the show notes and you can see the video recording. Okay. Without further ado, please welcome the absolutely phenomenal Barbara Corcoran. Barbara Corcoran, I cannot believe that I'm looking at your gorgeous face right now. My audience knows that everybody loves you. You're like doing it all, crushing it. Let's talk about you and your story for anyone who maybe has been living in a cave and for some reason doesn't know. Tell us a little bit about the beginning. Well, I'm from New Jersey and I was born in a very small town, two blocks wide, one mile long. Everybody knew everybody in my town called Edgewater. And we had the biggest family in town. Uh, but my mom had 10 kids. She had two bedrooms, one bathroom. My mother and dad, of course, made those kids from the living room couch. But my parents were uh, very loving, terrific people. So my dad worked two jobs every day, hardworking guy, but he played with us on weekend. He was the most popular dad in our town. He was a playmate. We always had fun with him. My mother was uh, the ruler, no doubt. She kind of had two magic sticks I now see because I'm older and looking back. Uh, one was her organizational skill. She ran that house like a boot camp and everything was in its place and we were in our place. And then the other thing she had, which I think of her as a magic stick, is she decided with each of her kids what she thought their great gift was. And she would announce it the day we came home from Holy Name Hospital. So I remember being old enough. I must have been eight or nine when my brother Tommy came home and she unwrapped Tommy and said, look at your brother Tommy. Oh, Tommy. Yes. He's going to be a wonderful dancer. As odd as that is, he turned up to be turned out to be a ballet dancer for Alvin Alley Dance Theater here in New York. And she was uncannily 
accurate on what each of her children were. But why I say that was a method or a cleverness now I see is she decided what the kid's strength was and never mentioned anything but our strength. She focused on the positive and that was the biggest gift she gave us. And she kind of directed our lives very much. That's amazing. Uh, what a gift to have that kind of yeah. human being who sees you and supports you. What was her words for you? What did she think that you would become? Uh, she thought I had a wonderful imagination. She never named the occupation like she did with my sister younger than me. She said, you'll make a great nurse, and that's who she is. Uh, but she, I don't think she knew uh, to name real estate. So I kind of applied what I thought was my gift to my occupation. I was at home in my mother's house at 23, working as a diner waitress in the town above our house. And uh, one night, a good-looking guy walked in. I'd never seen a guy that looked like him, jet black hair, dark skin, aviator shades. You couldn't see his eyeballs. And that was Ramon Simone from the Basque Country. He was the guy who loaned me one year later $1,000 to start the real estate business. And I moved out of New Jersey into New York. And together we started a rental company. He was the money partner. He put up the 1000 and I was the managing partner. I like the way that sounded. I started running the business, which was running myself initially on a sublease desk. But whenever I had a few extra bucks that I thought I could afford another month of overhead, I knew I could hire one more person and support them. And that's what I did my whole career until I got a thousand people. I've kind of followed that formula my whole life. It's literally amazing. So I've heard you tell this story and it's such a good story about what happened with him. Can you say yes. what sort of went down and how, because you say it so well. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, he uh, fell in love with my secretary, Tina. I was 30. She was 23, 22. Uh, he was 10 years older than I. I was raising his three children. We had moved in together. We were living right. together for about six years. We owned the business for seven years. His three daughters, surprise, I have three daughters, oh, moved in with us. And then one night when I was making the pasta for dinner, he came in and just announced he was marrying my secretary. It was, seemed like a joke at first. It wasn't a joke. He told me, told me to take my time moving out. I took about a minute, ran off him like toothbrush right out of there. Ego at stake. And moved in with my best friend, my only friend, Kathy Gilson on East 79th Street. She allowed me to move in on her couch. But anyway, I worked. That business continued with Ray. They got married in three months flat. Oh. But it was very hard for me because they now shared the office that I used to share. And I used to look through the glass to see them giggling and touching hands. And it was just a heartbreaker. But anyway, I put up with it for about a month because I was too much of a coward to do anything about it. And I didn't even have my confidence. But after about a year... I announced that we were ending the business and how we were going to chop the business in half. You pick the best salesperson, I pick the next. You pick the, that, boom, boom, boom. Like in seven, eight minutes, I think the company was divided. Uh, I moved out, rented a space three floors above from the same landlord that same day, thank God. And on Monday, we were in business as a new company. I told my agents, my seven out of the 14 in the foyer, and I said, we're moving on Monday. Oh, we are? Where are we moving? It's a surprise because <laughs> I didn't know where we were moving. <laughs> In those days, you could really pull out a lot pretty fast. And we were moved in on Monday with the boxes with ribbons on. I moved everybody out that weekend. And I had a lovely little note, welcome to the Corcoran group. And I knew I had a name at the group because I knew I was going to need the help of every single person there if I was going to succeed. There was just no way. I, I didn't have Ray. I kind of felt uh, like I, I didn't have an anchor, you know. But interestingly enough, those salespeople became my uh, major anchors, very dedicated uh, we became a tight-knit little company. We ran hard. And that was the nucleus that built the giant company that I sold like 22 years later. Yeah, Unbelievable. You should be. Yeah. I'm sure that every single day you're being told how incredible it is. But I hope that you stop uh -huh. to be so proud of yourself. And can you tell them what he said to you on that day? Oh, thank you for reminding me. That was the insurance policy for life that would guarantee my success. I, I should write him a thank you note. But when I was leaving that Friday, after I collected my people, he said, oh, Barbara, I remember I, sensing I shouldn't turn around because I was going out the door. Uh, and he said, you know, you'll never succeed without me. And I'm telling you, <sighs> I knew I'd rather just die on the spot than let him see me not succeed. And you know what? In the, in the many recessions that happen where brokers go out of business because nobody knows which way the market's going, I had three evenly spaced almost. I would think of that and it would like spur me to not try hard. I was already trying everything, but have another idea. It was like a generator of idea though. Oh, what if I do this? What if I do that? And that always so kept me in business. So really without that insult, the power of that insult, 
I don't think I would have stayed in business very long. I probably would have gone down with the first recession where interest rates went up to 18%. People were starving in real estate. I thought I would have gone down with everybody else, but it was that insult that gave me a fervor. Is is the word fervor or a favor in your heart? Like, like an animal woman, you know, and uh, that kept me on the straight and narrow, you know, just it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like, yeah, you just watch me. And I love that you're being so honest and letting people know that the business had gone through these moments where you thought you wouldn't make it because it's so easy, Barbara, to look at someone like you and for people to say, it's been easy street. She got lucky. It's been smooth. There's never been any ups and downs. It's always up. And it's like they don't realize what it's actually like on the ground. You know, I have to say to you that I don't think I've ever met anyone in business for themselves who didn't have enormous setbacks. I assume that's the background right. of anybody who's successful. There's no way, no shortcut. If there was, I did, I would have found it because I'm very efficient. I like to get from A to C as fast as I can with the least amount of bumps, but there's no way, you know, the bumps, that's the path. <laughs> so no what advice way. do you give to people starting out in business when they're hitting a wall? Like how do people get through those dips? Well, first of all, um, you have to assume if you're hitting the wall, you're on the right path. You're in business. You don't get anywhere without coming up against obstacles, whether it be peer pressure, competition, your agents leaving, your manager going out in competition with you. Everything goes wrong. You're going to experience all of that by the time you're really successful. So to be surprised by it uh, is actually ridiculous, okay? For me, what helped me always in those times is I always had an image of who I wanted to be. And you might say that's a Pollyanna talk or something, but I remember the first day I answered my first phone call on my one bedroom and den ad rental for three forty dollars a month. Hello, Corcoran Simone, right in my eyes, like glitter, like a movie frame that freezes. I saw myself as the queen of New York real estate, as sure as I could see a picture on a wall. I had a beautiful dress on. I had beautiful hair, makeup. I had people waiting in line to kiss my ring because the only image we got to see at home was watching the Pope on TV. And they always waited in line to kiss his ring. So I had a ring. People were kissing my ring. But I never lost that long-term image of myself. And that wasn't a business plan. I wouldn't know how to make a business plan today. I wouldn't know how to do projections and all the fancy stuff that's out there. But that image kind of never went away. So it kind of was like a North compass for me. So back to your real question, which is in the worst of times, uh, what do you think of? I think you need to think of something you have to prove to somebody else. For me, it was Ramon Simone, that lousy words that he told me, that is what Sarah, you know what I mean? Uh, Shame is a wonderful motivator. Proving to drunk dad who told you to never be good, that you are good. Okay, losing your mother when you're a little kid and you had no role modeling and you felt so lost, but somehow you kept the rest of the family together as a kid. That's what you lean back on. Anything that you had hardship with and strength that you got from it, I think is what gets every entrepreneur through bad times. It's not just wishful thinking or getting the right headset. No, it's it's action of just getting that next step somehow forward and not even expecting success, but just being proud that you're making the effort. Yeah, nothing always turns out. After a few things turn out, in my experience. But if you get one in four, that's enough to make you successful. I didn't make this up, but I heard years ago: you don't have to get it right; you just have to get it going. And that is a great mantra for getting ahead. So good, yes. (laughs) I love those two pieces, and it's so true. This is such an incredible conversation. But we got to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When you started your business, did you dream about all those admin tasks like drafting proposals and contracts and tracking down payments? If that wasn't part of your vision, you need HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. They have awesome templates, e-signatures, and built-in automation to keep everything on track and make you look like a true professional. No wonder it's the number one choice for client and business management for freelancers and business owners. And when I set up my business, I didn't have time to make sure everything was organized. And thankfully with HoneyBook, my team can keep track of all the different offers and programs available and make sure nothing falls through the cracks. Plus, HoneyBook makes it easy because they consolidate so many services we already use like Google Suite and Gmail. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash dreamjob. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com slash dreamjob for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com 
slash dream job. One of the greatest pleasures in life is pulling on a pair of comfy socks and Bombas are the most comfortable socks made from super soft natural cotton. Every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. They offer different colors, patterns, lengths, and styles. You can pick whatever speaks to you. They also have new merino wool socks designed to be breathable, dry, and never itchy with just the right amount of thickness. I love my Bomba socks, especially the no-show socks. I wear them everywhere in my home, when I go to a meeting, a show, a dinner date, no matter what the occasion is, they just make my feet feel like I'm walking on a cloud and they look great. Plus, I love that with Bombas, I get to support a good cause. Bombas will actually donate a pair to someone in need for every Bombas purchase you make. To get 20% off any purchase during their big holiday sale from November 18th through December 5th, go to bombas.com slash dreamjob. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash dreamjob for 20% off. What I want to ask you about is what do you feel if you look at how you did this and how you sold to people and how you made connections with human beings and why it worked? What's the recipe for sales for you? Well, I think I had one great asset, uh, which is I had very little cash. Let me tell you about the power of not having money. Every little buck was meaningful. It wasn't like I had investors. I could run through cash, the fancy stuff today. But I had $10,000, and I divided it by what a New York Times ad, three-line high headline, two-line description with a phone number, a total of seven lines cost, divided that into my $1,000, then deducted my phone costs, and I knew I had a month and a half to live. That was it. $1,000 I was going to go through in a month and a half with minimal whatever I could spend to get a lead, to, to make a deal, to maybe get my hands on that commission. So when I carefully placed my first New York Times ad among thousands of one-bedroom other ads. They all looked alike, sounded alike. Right, right. I made sure my ad was different. It was one-bedroom in den 340, not one bedroom, 320, 340. And how did I get that 10? Because I knew I had to get more calls on my ad than everybody else. And I convinced because of my passion and need, my need to stretch my dollar. I convinced Mr. Jafuni, who owned that building, to put up a little wall between the L shape so that I could advertise at one bedroom and den. And I said, I could get you another 20 bucks a month. I really believe I can give it a whirl. Do you know, he never again had an apartment that had one bedroom where he didn't build a wall because I got him another 40 bucks a month. (laughs) And that wouldn't have come if I didn't have the necessity to only have one ad per week. That's what pushed that. Or I would have spent all that time analyzing. How do I do this? How do I get better? How do I get, how do I compete against these massive pages? How do I do it? Now I was ahead of the game. I was getting on any given Sunday for my one bedroom plus den ad uh, in the paper. I got typically, I would say 40, 50 calls a Sunday. It wasn't until uh, we were larger and I got to know competitors that they typically got two or three calls. Do you know how cheap my advertising was? Okay. That was key to getting started. The other thing was it wasn't about real estate. I realized that right away. We all had the same listings. We all had the same keys, the same landlords, but it was about how much the customer liked you. That's what it was. When that customer looked at me with love in their eyes, I knew I had them. I just serviced them so well. It was so much on their side and charmed their pants off as best I could and loved my work that they referred me other business. So now my business is growing much faster than my competitors just by providing extra special service. And so I don't mean to make it sound too simple, but what's beautiful about going into a field that's super competitive that a lot of people are doing it versus a new product is, you know, it works so there wouldn't be a business. There's money to be made. This is a formula that works. So all you have to do is figure out how do I outwit everybody that are more clever in the details than they are. And those were the two details that made me clever. If I could say I jumped forward five years, now I have traction. I have salespeople working for me. I'm thinking of going to the sales business. Oh, my God, selling. When I think about that, the secret sauce there was, how do I get notoriety fast? And I did it by publishing reports, knowing that the media needs numbers. They don't need stories. They need numbers. And the more numbers I could churn out, the more often they quoted me. And that's what made me powerful in recruiting because every newspaper that was writing about real estate used my numbers. Everybody had the numbers, but nobody was putting them out there. That was, again, just an attempt to, with what I have, get more money 
money for my money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's and that so gave amazing. a tremendous presence in the, in the industry. When I was little, everybody thought I was big. I wasn't, but I'll tell you something. If you put out a big image or and put out a storyline that I'm amazing, I'll tell you, you have to become amazing. It just happens automatically. You just follow. You become what you've been claiming you were that you weren't. <laughs> You are like a lightning rod. I just love this because I talk to, to people all the time, every single day, and people have all of these negative beliefs in their own way. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough money. I don't know the right people. They have all these excuses. You've heard them, right? All day long. And here you are. You're like, I've got four nickels to rub together, but I'm going to figure this out and be resourceful. I'm going to use my words in the paper. I've got two lines. What am I going to say? So smart. It's It's amazing. So what do you say to people when they're like, well, I would, I would do it, but I don't have any money. Well, I would do it, but I don't have, I don't know Ramon Simone. I don't, I didn't have that. How do you help people get out of their own way? So they go and do and become a doer. You know what it is? Um, I'm very direct for better or for worse. You are. Yeah. It has gotten me in trouble, of course, many times, but I tell it like it is. I just call an excuse an excuse. I mean, on my uh, new podcast, I sit and I hear more excuses than I could shake a stick out of. And I just call a spade a spade. I say, you know what? You say this is in your way. You say this, and I understand it. And I'm empathetic. It's not like I discredit people in any way. But right away I say, but your real issue is you're, you're a coward. You're just a coward. You know, and you've got all these reasons so you don't have to confront that. But now really, what is it you're afraid of? What's the worst that could happen? Are you going to die? People never die from trying something. I try to convert people uh, who believe they, they have to have the formula or think the solution before they go and do it. I try to reverse it as best I can, that you have to take the action right away, whether or not you think you'll be successful. You need to do the action right away if you want to change your attitude. A lot of people think you can change your attitude. Oh, God. This kind of stuff. I know I could do it. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, I tried that when I was younger. It didn't help me anything, you know, but put your foot out where it could get hit or run over, whether or not you succeed or not, you're already more confident. It's easier for you to do it again. You know what it is? It's like, it's like excuses become a dirty habit pretty, pretty fast. It's a reel that gets caught in a rut, 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 and it starts to feel very credible and you could have a lot of stinking thinking on it. No, no, I ripped that away. I'm like, no, 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 no. Picture for a minute. What would it look like? Oh, well, I can't. No, no, no. Get it out of the way. What would it look like? You got to get that out because people make themselves right on the crap that goes on in their head. Oh my And I, and I like true. to put the emphasis on doing versus thinking. I know there's a lot that says about thinking. I don't know. I just don't believe Yeah. That. No, I, I agree that the yeah. confidence follows the action. The clarity follows the action. Mm. So being where you've been sitting there on Shark Tank, right? And in your own life and in your own shows, what is it for you? When you see it, that you can tell, okay, this person or this idea is going to go the distance. You know what? I just ask myself, is there a need? Is there a need for the product? Okay. Is there a need for the service? Who would buy it? And what will they pay? And then what does it cost to service it, to make it or whatever, whatever. Okay. If it passes that litmus test, I'm fine. I don't need to know about the business. I'm okay. It just makes common sense, I guess is what you call it. Uh, but on the people piece, I'm a little bit more critical. Okay. I'm looking for someone. Ideally, you want to know my dream person. I'm looking for someone who's injured, as weird as that is. I'm looking for someone that has had some kind of hardship and that they came through it. I want to see that they have the capacity to come through it. Because people come through something early, uh, are either getting even to prove to the world <laughs> <laughs> or they have the stamina that they know they lived it and they're still alive. And they're, they've got a great capacity uh, to come through failure. That's really all I'm looking for. Because I'm going to tell you something. Most of my entrepreneurs that I've invested on Shark Tank that are the wildly successful ones are not my smartest ones. Honestly, my smart ones tend not to make money, I hate to admit. Okay, they're too smart, too much a believer in, in left brain analysis, not a good thing. My other dirty, gritty people that have street smarts always succeed. And the injury that they get to make them street smarts is their lifelong friend. You know, when I think of my myself and think, what if I was a smart student in school and wasn't the kid that kids made fun of? What if when I was called to read out loud, um, I didn't die a thousand deaths. Who would I be today? And I think to myself, I wouldn't be that successful. 
because I would have been comfortable with myself. It was my ill content and shame of myself that made me a businesswoman, honestly. And I can replicate that in all my best businesses. They have a version of it. So I like to find those people that have that because it's like a, it's, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but boy, what a leg up it is. It's like, you don't understand. I've got to succeed. I've got to succeed. Why do you have to succeed? Well, because, because, and then the stories come out. That's who I want to put my money. They always do well. They're street smart because of life experience. I wish I could take out a highlighter and just circle it and circle it again. My grandmother grew up in a tenement on the Lower East Side. Mm. And um, we actually just, my husband, I went back to the tenement museum to see where, like what it was like for her. And her mother died when she was a child. And Mm. she was like such a whippersnapper. And she used to say, life is... It's, it's 10% what happens to you. It's 90% how you deal with it. And oh, she, right. I mean, I, she basically raised me and she loved you so much and she'd be so proud. She'd have such an office right now for this moment. But um, what you just said is everything. It's mm-hmm. everything. And it goes, to me, it goes back to the way you were raised and your mother, right? It's like, you're going to make it work. And I feel like so many people, we've gotten so soft. We're so precious. We're so fragile. We're so breakable, yeah. right? And it's about pushing through it. The fact that that's your litmus test, that says so much about you. Mm. The fact that you get that about human behavior is really extraordinary. So tell us about, you have two podcasts. How do you do all of this? So you now have two podcasts. So which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, well, I I have to take care of my oldest child, which is one year old. (laughs) Uh, which is business unusual. That's really where everybody envisions me as a business lady. Let me help you make it from A to Z. Yep. Uh, and that comes as second nature to me because I lived it, walked it. Okay. But what I soon found out on the people calling in that very often the solutions were not what they're really asking. Uh, I can't come up with money. How do I get this funded? It wasn't really about that. It was about their right or their attitude of privilege that they thought they had the right to get it funded, that they didn't have to hustle some other way that it was about the upbringing and their entitlement. And so I found that very often what people were asking about was not the real issue. So I would have to spin them 50 degrees to the left or the right and say, here's what you're really upset about. Here's what's really in your way. And uh, that went to a lot of personal things on my business podcast, Business Unusual. Uh, So I realized I need another room in the house, (laughs) honestly, to separate it. It's a business away from just business to any issues. And, you know, it's far more interesting to me. And in a way, I almost feel more powerful in other ways than I do in business because I really understand people. I'm great at getting the skinny on people. And I really believe everybody should have the best life they can. They really should. And sometimes it's such crap standing in the way. That's such nonsense that a lie is self-lies. And so I like, I think I'm very gifted at calling it like it is and moving people on. And I can do that more freely if I don't have to just talk business, you see? Yep. Yeah. Right, which is why you started 888-BARBARA. Yeah, 888-BARBARA is a hotline for help. I don't care what you need help with. I'll listen. I don't have all the answers, but, and when I don't have the answers, I'm pretty good at making up shit. So I'll throw you something. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about people having things in their way, what do you feel like is the most consistent thing that gets in the way? Is it a feeling of people don't think they're enough? People are afraid to fail. What do you feel like is the one of the things that you see the most? Uh, two things that constantly recur, which disturb me. Uh, one is self-talk, the tape in your head, the tape in your head that you don't even know you're listening to. You know, I had that self-talk from being a bad student until I was probably 30 in business Uh, I wouldn't raise my hand and volunteer for anything because raising a hand was a disaster in my life. It took a long time to get over not having the right answer, right? Uh, So that kind of takes a lot of uh, beating out of your system. But again, and I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier, the only way to beat that uh, kind of thinking out is through action. And, And so I pursue action to get rid of old tapes, okay? That's one. But equally responsible, I have to tell you, is education. Not that I don't value education. But I can tell you the education on how to succeed and what you need to be in business or what you need to try things or qualifications you'll need to be who you want to be. It's such a bunch of crap and gets in people's way uh, because people actually believe to be good in business, for example, you need to be good with numbers or money. 
I can't add. I never was adding. Uh, they might think that to be a good communicator, you have to be able to read or write well. I could barely read today. I read, I read, but so slowly and painfully. I skip reading. I skip writing. I use my mouth, and I've developed that tool much stronger because of my lack in other areas. But I think people fall for the common knowledge that you have to be well-educated, and you have to have the formula before you do something or the credential. I'm not a believer in that. The credential is in the street. You get out with that stupid business plan that you spent three months writing and take oh it to God. find out in short order, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The way you test your business is throw it out there and see what happens. Then you rewrite, if not a business plan, you rewrite how you do your business every day of your life. Okay. And so I think education is as much at fault, the belief that you have to analyze and have a formula and the answers before you venture out on anything so is true. terribly damaging because you'll stay thinking about it forever, which so many people are stuck doing. Yep. Well, it goes back to what you said initially, which is such a good it's such a good recipe for anyone who's listening to, to starting a business that's successful. You, I said, what is it about the business part? And you said, is there a need for it? Who's going to buy this? And what's the price? What are you going to sell it for? The best way to find out who will buy it is yeah, to take it okay. to the street. What would you pay? And oh, yeah, you wouldn't pay? What's wrong with it? Why would you use it? That's the valuable input you need. Go out to the customer or the would-be customer, and maybe you come back and invent an entirely new project, product, or service based on the feedback you got. 100%. We have so many more amazing things to talk about, but first, a quick ad break. I know that your time is really valuable, and when you run a small business, you spend too many precious hours managing inventory, covering payroll, and getting the money you need. That's why Cabbage created a simple, modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. Cabbage's online application process only takes minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and take out more funds whenever you need extra capital. I know so many people who had to work nonstop just to make sure they could generate enough revenue to keep their small business afloat, but it's exhausting and burning out is not fun. So if you can avoid having that stress, then you can focus on doing the things that light you up, like being creative and serving your customers. Join the 200,000 small businesses that Cabbage has helped with access to funding. They even have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com and use the code DREAMJOB to get $100 credit on your first loan statement. That's K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. Offer ends November 30th, 2019. Must take a minimum $5,000 loan to qualify. Credit lines subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital or separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, member FDIC. I admit there are days when it's so much easier to put my kids in front of a screen than help them find a book they like. But then I usually feel bad because I know the kids who read books have better vocabularies and longer attention spans. That's why every parent needs Literati. Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. Literati mails five teacher-approved age-appropriate books to your child every month based on a theme like The Spirit of Adventure or The Animal Kingdom. It also contains exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child, which my girls absolutely loved. They were also big fans of the books they got. We read them all at least like once a week, and I love that Literati sends books based on their ages so everyone gets something to read no one is left out and for me that means less fighting and a little more peace around the house plus it's so easy to use you can just buy the books you want and returning the rest is free for a limited time go to literatibooks.com and use promo code dreamjob for $20 off your first box plus kids three and up get a special blacklight pen this is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literatibooks.com, promo code DREAMJOB for $20 off your first box, plus a free blacklight pen for kids three and up. Literatibooks.com, promo code DREAMJOB, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I books.com, promo code DREAMJOB. I feel like on the show, one thing that comes up, which is interesting because it's a hot topic, is money. And people have a lot of shame around money, like having a lot of money, asking for something that's, you know, pricing something high people associate money with something that is so negative and yeah. you're one of the most down to earth people that we've ever had on this show and one of the wealthiest, right? So what's your thoughts around money and how, what that makes you or what it doesn't make you and can you still be humble and kind and good if you're somebody who has money? Can I tell you, I've had no money and I've had lots of money and I can tell you having lots of money is of course much better, really. Okay. <laughs> It is. It's the truth. You know, you get what you want. You can live the lifestyle you want. And most importantly, it gives you freedom, freedom to rewrite your life because money sure helps, you know, not only your diet, but your life, <laughs> you know, you can even rewrite your body. I had two facelifts. Thank God. If I didn't have the money, I couldn't have done that. Right. Who knows what, I, I don't even know what I'd look like, <laughs> but um, my attitude toward money is it's got one purpose only to be spent. 
That's my attitude to money. You have to have money, it's meant to be spent. I inherited that from my mother, who should have worried herself sick over money because my dad was constantly fired for insubordination. He was arrogant. Uh, should have worried herself sick over money. Uh, never worried about money a day in her life. Never worried about money. That was a, uh, her magic. She never made us feel stressed about money. And it's not like she's secretly worried. She just had a belief it will all work out. And it always did work out. Bubsy the grocer floated the family for a few months till we caught back up. Something always worked out. People pitch in. Now today with me, I spend money on whatever I want as long as I feel like it's worthy. Worthy could be, I'm worth that designer dress. I look <laughs> a lot better and feel better in it. And I buy it right away, you know? And then, of course, I think if I don't spend it, my kids are going to spend it when I'm dead and they're going to be spoiled rotten. So I better spend it as quick as I can. <laughs> I just think money is meant to be spent. And if that's your philosophy in growing a business, that money is meant to be spent and you spend it so fast that you never get your hands on the money, it's a receivable coming in and you already have an earmark for something else. You wind up growing a business very fast. I was out to outcompete with my big competitors, I think because of my attitude toward money. They made it, they owned it, a lot of them inherited it and they had to carefully craft it. Not me, I'm like, Throw it to the wind and see if it works, you know? And so while they were protecting, I was spending. And that's how you grow a business. You can't be frugal. I don't want to knock people who are frugal. But frugal people hold money tight and value it. And they usually value their emotions, hold it tight. They usually are not sharers. They usually don't like to play in teams. A lot comes with that. Money is a representation of the spirit of the individual in a way. So throw money out. And I have always found it comes back to me. I've never worried a day about money, and I've always had money. Even the worst of times, something will happen. Like my mother said, it always works out, and it's always worked out for me, you know? And I, I can't be the only lucky person on earth. I know so many uh, hugely successful entrepreneurs, so much richer than I. You know what? I find they don't worry about money. They're not greedy. It's interesting that they're carefree and you say, oh, easy to be carefree when you're a billionaire. I'm interviewing Mark Cuban in about like an hour and a half from now. His attitude toward money is mind boggling. When he made his first fortune, he just went out and bought like a big ticket on a big airline to travel around the world for as long as he wanted. That was his goal. He just wanted to have fun and piss away the money. And he did it again, but bought his own jets the next time. It <laughs> and did it again the next time it happened. Uh, but I, I suggested that he, he wouldn't have happened again and again to him if he thought, okay, let me be responsible. I don't think that thought ever crossed that man's mind. That is so, un it's, it's so refreshing because some, so often what you hear is if you want to have money, don't buy the Starbucks. Save it. Save it. Don't have. Don't have. And what you're saying is, no, let it go. Let go of the stress. Don't put it on such a pedestal. Just enjoy it and put it back into your business. Put it back into the world. Put it back into yourself. And it's going to continue to raise up the vibes and, and, and make everything move. And that's so refreshing and so awesome. All right. As we're closing out, last thing, because you're such an incredible leader too. You, I've heard you talk about you know having a close office and keeping them together and, and different strategies you had for rallying the troops. What do you feel like makes somebody a great leader? What do you feel like makes somebody successful in business in terms of managing a team? I think at the very core of all leadership is the leader knows they work for the people. And I'm not saying that like a politician, but that is really what a true leader is. A true leader would kill for their young, their young being their employees. And that's how I was with everyone who ever worked for me. I would kill for them if I had to, because they were like my children. You know, and so what that brings, that attitude brings with it is that they're the center of your universe. You're going to do everything you can to support them, to promote them, to recognize them, more important than money, to give them constant recognition and feedback and to have them bring in other new talent that's just like them. Get a winner. They don't recommend a loser. Good people attract good people. And then if you can get it right in the beginning, if you can get it right with the first dozen people that are in your organization, frankly, uh, it's pretty easy after that point. That's the hardest part. But get one clunker in that team of 12, one negative person who's going to suck the energy out of your team or need somebody to feel sorry with. 
you're going to like suck the energy and, and have a chronic complaint kind of deflation of the whole team. And so I think in addition to recruiting the right people, I think it's equally important as a leader to get rid of your clunkers as fast as you spot them. I love Fridays. I used to fire people on Fridays. I couldn't wait till Friday came. And it wasn't because they were necessarily bad people. Or still, Some of them were bad people in disguise, I have to say, pretending to be good people. But uh, why I was anxious to fire them was to protect my children and the people that were great. I didn't want them messing with my good people. I didn't want the bad kid in the neighborhood in my neighborhood. You know, So out they would go. And I learned after a few years never to even give a chronic complaint or a reason why you're getting rid of them. You just say you don't fit in. Because you can't win an argument with a chronic complainer. You need positive people. And so I think I kind of went a little. No, no, no. It was so good. And I was actually just the last thing I was going to say to you is that one of the through lines in everything you do is you're so real. Like you said, you're very direct. Mm -hmm. And that's my last question for you, because I feel like so often people are, they want to be liked so badly. And especially in business, especially as a woman, that's very, very hard to let that go. And how, what's your advice to people to, on how to do that? Well, my own attitude, if it's useful, is I like everybody to love me. It's very important to me, honestly. If I know there's one person in the room that doesn't like me, I gravitate toward them and try to get them to like me, which is so needy. Terrible. What a waste <laughs> of time because chances are that's the same person that doesn't like anybody. So what are, you, what are you pissing against the wind on that one for, right? Uh, but I think the reverse of that is I need to like people I work with. If I don't like you, you're going. So I need to be needed. I need to be liked, just like every other stupid person out there that has a big need quotient. But what saves me is I need to like who I'm with. If I don't like you, I don't even have to think through why I don't like you. It's something about you. So I, I end quickly based on my gut reaction of trusting someone. I guess maybe trusting that what I see is what I get is a better way of than saying, I like you because in my company, it was a crayon box. I had one color of everything in the box. That's how I was able to blanket markets, foreign markets quickly. But what I didn't have is I didn't have a crayon that didn't have the soul of all the other crayons. You know what I mean? I got rid of those people so fast. Yeah. You're amazing. Tell us where we can find you. 888-BARBER is my helpline. If you just want business advice, business unusual anywhere you listen to podcasts or follow me on whatever the things are out there i forget the names are they're all out there <laughs> Every, uh, well if everybody already didn't love you everybody's in love with you what a great episode thank you for being so generous Thanks for good so questions awesome. you did your research that's what made the interview good oh it's you thank yeah. you amazing right i told you she's amazing so such an honor to talk to her here are the takeaways number one Number one, if you hit a wall, then you're on the right path. You don't get anywhere without coming up against obstacles. Number two, you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. Number three, it's not about the product or the service. It's about how much your customers love you. Service them well, be on their side, charm their pants off, make them love your work. Number four, you don't need to be the smartest. Credential is created in the street. Number five, pursue action to change your attitude and get rid of the old tapes that play in your head. Number six, your best business plan is to rewrite how you do your business every day of your life. Number seven, money is meant to be spent. And number eight, a true leader works for the people. Once again, and truly, I mean every word of this, I really just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this show, for supporting me, for reading my book, for writing those reviews, for telling your friends to read the book, for buying your friends' books, all of it. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Um, I want you to subscribe if you're not already for some reason, because we have more just amazing episodes coming at you. And if you want to help us out right now, the absolute best thing you could do is buy a book and tell your friends about the show, you know, buy a, buy a copy for a friend, leave us a review on Amazon, let them know which episode is your favorite, what part of the book spoke to you, what part of the podcast has changed your life or made an impact, because maybe it'll also make an impact on this other person. And maybe you'll help by planting a seed and then they too can make a living doing what they love. So many cool things coming up. I'm doing a retreat at my house in January. We have a few spots left for that. If you'd like some information, you can check out, you can go to kathyheller.com slash retreats. And while you're at kathyheller.com, on the homepage at kathyheller.com, you can take the quiz. I created a quiz to help you guys figure out what is the passion project that's best suited for you. Are you meant to be doing a podcast? Are you the investigator type? Are you meant to be a teacher teaching some kind of online course? Are you meant to be doing some kind of curating where you're putting together a poetry evening or some art show at a gallery? Are you meant to be the maker? 
creating the jewelry, writing the script. It's a helpful quiz and it's fun and obviously it's free. So you can take it at kathyheller.com right on the homepage. So much more good stuff happening. But for right now, thank you so much. I will be keeping in touch with you. Come on over and follow me on Instagram because I'm doing some polls to find out how I can serve you better. And I'd love to be in touch. You know, I read every single DM and every single email. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at hello at don'tkeepyourdata.com or you can find me on Instagram at kathy.heller, Kathy's with a C. Don't forget, I'm going to be at Romans in Pasadena next Monday night doing my first official book signing. So if you want to come down, bring your book, I can sign it. I will be there Monday, November 25th at 7 p.m. at the awesome Romans Bookstore in Pasadena. So if you're in the LA area, I'd love to see you. So come on down. Also, if you want to check out my best friend, Jenny, she's at Unreal Deli on Instagram, and I will hopefully have her on for a full sit down very, very soon. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.